Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you the enemy of my enemy. Chapter 21, Part 2. As always, if you can like, share and subscribe this wherever you can. If you can leave me feedback at my own website, you know, ghostnobody.com, fanfiction.net or even at archiveofourown.org. It's all welcome and definitely makes me feel better about all of this. And as now with the release of Mortis, my original novel of a uh, human sniper alone in the zombie apocalypse, when an alien cat girl crashes lands in his life, and by cat girl I do mean an actual cat girl, think, you know, Khajiit, Skyrim, something like that. Mine are just humans with cat ears stuck on it going, Nyeh. I I do actual cat girls. So, if you want to find out how their adventures grow across our crazy world filled with zombies, come over to my own website, ghostnobody.com. Pop over into the ghostly link section and grab yourself a copy of Mortis from Smashwords. I doubt you'll uh, you'll regret it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Work long and hard on it. And obviously it all helps support me, keeps me doing what I love. Helps me bring you more tales of alien romance and hot sexy alien babes and alien queens and huntresses. If you support me, I can do that even more. So, come along, pick up a copy. You won't regret it. So, without any further ado... Let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own AVP or anything to do with it. That's all the thing of their own studios. I just keep the sexy huntresses to myself. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 21, Part 2, Heartthrown. March and Aiden found Tashara on the roof with Spike. He'd set up the comm system was currently on the line Queen Bee back on the ship while she was stood looking over the guardrails down onto the streets far below them. Yeah, Roger that, boss. Situation here is pretty dire. Mash casualties. I'd say 99.9% per kill ratio. It's got to be a bioweapon of some kind. We've come across a few survivors from the other Special Forces team sent here, namely the Halcrath and Section 5 so far. And they say the same thing. Unconfirmed as to yet whether it was an accidental release or deliberate. We're looking into it. We found a source in the form of what appears to be a friendly Xeno Queen. Who knows the location of the lab that's possibly responsible for the outbreak. She's going to lead Reaper and a small part of the team there tomorrow. First light. Yes, boss. He's okay. Reason you're not picking up his vital systems is his comm unit was damaged due to the particularly nasty landing. I'm working on repairing it now. So far we got no casualties as of this moment. All present and correct. Currently in possession of six survivors, three civilian and three special forces. Oh, and we have picked up a guardian seeker as well down here. So if you can contact all three of them and let them people know that they're okay. Names to follow. Tassal Jack of Clan Mason, the guardian seeker corps. Dekel of Halcraft and Paul Twenty of the synthetic section five. Spike said, and they sat listening to Queen Bee as she spoke. Yes, boss. We're currently holed up in a hotel towards the centre of the city somewhere, transmitting coordinates and now GPX fix. Airspace is pretty damn hot, so don't attempt to land anything. Tell the same to any of the other forces. Our pods barely made it through intact, so anything else or anything big is going to get chewed up bad. We're working on bringing it down as soon as possible for extraction. Right now I'll patch you through to the comms and patch in a relay so you can speak to them all via their own personal comm units. Take me a bit because I've got to repair Reaper's comm unit first. But I'll hook everything and everyone in I can so far. 
he said. Then he listened for a bit and nodded silently. Yes, boss, no worries, I'll patch things through. All data and all visuals we have so far, he said, and with that he hooked up his wrist comp and began patching and routing everyone's comms to the central master unit. After a few minutes of furious work, he had the hookup complete and online. Now everyone's wrist comps were hooked into the ship via their personal comm units, which would all be connected up through the master unit that he was working on. Well, all except for Reaper, anyway, was effectively off-grid thanks to his comm unit being busted. Missy sat on the rail, looking out over the city next to Tashari. It's bad down there, isn't it? She said softly. Tashara nodded. I have never seen so much death in one place. It is truly awful. After we leave this place, we must either find a way to completely cleanse the surface free of this plague, or to remove this entire place from existence. This plague cannot be allowed to leave this world and possibly infect others. Tashara said, looking down at the legions of dead mindlessly roaming the streets below them. Okay, Queen Bee, check your connection display. Should be live now. Vitals and personal comms are linked up. I'll hook up the helmet cams as well so they can be turned on automatically when we have our helmets on, Spike said in the master comm unit. And he obviously received a reply because he smiled. Okay, roger that, boss, will do, he said and finished what he was doing, locking off the comms unit as he did. Now it was basically a portable satellite dish on a telescopic tripod with auto-tracking units, and the master comms unit was hooked up to the bottom of it. It was about the size of a small lunchbox, and attached to the size of it were a load of whip-like aerials hanging off it, giving it an omnidirectional capability, as well as multi-frequency scanning. It also had what looked like a laser burst unit for long-range directional transmission painted on top. OK, comms are hooked up. I'll leave the master unit up here, and as long as no one fucks with it, we'll have Cloms planet-wide. It looks like it's already tying itself into relays all over the place, everything from TV dishes to mobile comms units and unit towers. If it can broadcast the signal or receive it, I can jack into it and boost our range with it. So we're good, and the longer we leave it here, the better it's going to get, he said proudly. Aiden nodded. Good job, Spike. I'll report in as soon as I get my comms up and running. He said, and Spike gave him a thumbs up. I'll set it to scan for any active transmitters as well that aren't military. Could help us pin down any survivors or any potential survival groups. Plus, I'll tie in a Halkry thin to Section 5 comms, not to mention that of the Guardian Corps. I hacked their comm codes a while ago. They can communicate on our network now if they want, but they can't hear our comms. He said with a slight smile and Aiden laughed. I'd expect nothing less of you, Spike. I'll make sure they all call home, don't worry, he said, and Spike nodded. They all turned to look at Tashara and Missy, looking over the railing, and then walked over to join them. This thing is a fucking planet killer. We have to make sure it stays contained here no matter what. This thing, if it gets out, has the potential to lend life everywhere, as we know it, Aiden said, and the others nodded softly. You think that Tassal was right? That this was the work of those agents of chaos he mentioned, or this creeping darkness? Tashara asked, and Aiden nodded. It's as good as an explanation as any. Plus, at this point, I've never known any of the Guardian Corps to do anything without a good reason. So, if they believe it, then that would be fair that that's enough for us to put stock in it as well. Why would anyone do this? Destroy innocent life like this, Missy said, sadly, looking down at the undead that had once been people, but were now stumbling around and falling about aimlessly. 
Some people just want to control and subdue and make everyone bend to their will and dance to their tune. And when they can't get their own way, they're happy just to watch the world burn, Aidan said very sadly. He reached up and embraced Toshara from behind, making her jump slightly. She'd not been expecting the contact, but she happily leaned back into his grip. Marcha promptly sandwiched him in between them and wrapped her tail around them both. Come, my loves, let us forget our worries for the time being. And I know just the thing to balm those pure, fearful minds of yours. Archer purred softly to her loves, sending a few choice images into both Tashara and Eden's mind, making them both shiver, flush. And then in a swift moment and movement she wrapped both their wrists together in her tail and then began to lead them off towards the roof door. Just as he reached it, the door opened and out walked Akel, who looked at them curiously before turning to survey the roof and locking her attention onto Spike, who was working on the dish. Ah, there you are, my servant. Are you finished with your duties? She asked, a slight note of impatience in her voice. Er, not yet, um, mistress. I have to repair Reaper's comm unit. But our relay system's up and running now, sir and our ship will be able to relay any comms you want to transmit back to the Halcraft. So if you want to call in and report, you can, he said, pointing at the comms unit. The expression changed from annoyance to grateful. Good. I will report in my command. And then, while you hurry up and repair that comms unit, I have things I need you to attend to, he said, shooting a glance at Tashara, who simply raised an eyebrow at her. Yeah, sure. Shouldn't take me too long, uh, mistress. He said, obviously distracted by the comms unit in his hands. When he was working with tech, any tech really, he was in his element, and he could be damn difficult to snap him out of his zone once he went into it. Though Aiden had no doubts that if anyone could shock him out of his trance, it would be an angry Yagjuta girl who could do it. But there was no chance to dwell on it, because a rather impatient marcher pulled them both through the door by the wrist, followed by Missy, who with a wave ran off back down the main to the main room to rejoin the others. While they were there, Marcha led Tashara and Aiden by the wrist, still looped in her tail to the bedroom claimed for them. Both Tashara and Aiden looked surprised at her. There'll be plenty of time to worry about the world outside that door, my loves, and tomorrow we'll be facing it side by side as we risk our lives to fight against it. But for now, I just want to revel in the joys and happiness of the ones I love, to forget the worries of the outside world and the pain I have suffered all the indignity and sh- shame. Now I just want to revel in the happiness and joy of my love, of our love, and I'm going to cherish every single second of you both. You are my hive, my wonderful, beautiful hive, she said with such passion in her voice that it melted them both inside. As her tail looped from their wrists, they both stepped forward and tugged her tightly between them. That's when she felt their love radiating into her, the pureness of white fire, but with the softness and gentleness of a dove's feather. Aidan turned March's head and pushed his face right in between her mandibles and snatched her inner mouth into his, tickling it with his tongue to get it to open so he could push his tongue inside. Marcher moaned softly into his kiss, more so when she felt Aidan's hands gliding over her hips and onto her rear end, toying gently with her tail. If you tease me like that, my human... I'm very likely to pounce on you, she growled softly in his head. Aidan chuckled softly with his inner mouth, still in his. Then he flashed his evil, naughty eyes at her, 
and gave her bum a squeeze with her cybernet with his cybernetic hand, which was actually strong enough to compress her hive enough for her to feel the pinch. Marcha let out a cute squeal of surprise, releasing his mouth as she did, only to be seized now by Tishara, who clamped her mandibles into hers and stole yet another kiss. No fair, you two are ganging up on me, she exclaimed. Aidan moved around her to the rear, sliding his hands up over her front now to the swells in her chest, teasing the flaps that hid her nipples under them, and teased them gently open with his fingers, until the nipples underneath began to emerge, all while Tashara held her tightly locked in a deep and passionate kiss, their tongues roaming around each other's mouth. All's fair in love and war, my beauty queen. Like, for instance, if I were to suggest a plan to my fellow spirit here, to drone you in pleasure while working as a team on you by her attacking the front while I attack the rear. Aidan purred sensually as he teed with, teased March's nipples. Tashara released March's mouth, leaving her soaked in Yajuta saliva, wagging in the air as her inner mouth opened and closed like a deadly goldfish seeking the return of her lover's tongue. Hmm, I like this plan, my male. Let's do it. A two-pronged attack. We will hunt and slay our prey with ruthless efficiency and tactics, Tashara said in a devilish note. Two, two-pronged attack? Marcher exclaimed in surprise, and Aidan leaned his head around Marcher's body. And since she's no longer a virgin, my supreme huntress, you can explore as deep as you please, he said in a devilish voice. Tashara licked her mandibles with her very long tongue very seductively. Hmm, you are right, my male. Indeed we can she said, and with that she ran her hands down March's front, dropping to her knees before the big queen, trapped in between them. And with a quick movement, she disabled March's ability to run away by hoisting one of her long, thick legs up over her big shoulder and forcing her to lean on her for balance. Turning her head at just the right time, she opened her mandibles and slotted her head into the gap between her thighs and clamped her mandibles down on her crotch, causing March to squeal in both surprise and pleasure as Tashara's tongue managed to worm its way inside past her defences, which dropped easily to her huntress's invasion. She was so utterly distracted by the incredible pleasure her huntress was giving her, she didn't even notice the human kneeling down behind her, until he felt, she felt her, tongue being, her tail being hoisted up and placed over his shoulder, and she only noticed that because of the warm fleshy lips that suddenly pressed themselves to her tail hole in an incredibly intimate kiss causing her to shriek so loud it actually hurt their ears. Aidan ran his tongue all over her now exposed and pulsing tail hole, making her squeal yet again as he fought to push it up inside her. Her whole body began to shake as both her lower holes were mercilessly assaulted by two loving and questing tongues, like two hot, slimy snakes seeking burrows inside her body, and both of them slid inside and began to explore their new homes very thoroughly finding each and every single hidden nerve ending they could, and exploring them very, very intensely. Marcha just howled and squealed into such an incredible assault. She felt every ounce of strength seep out of her muscles as her two mates buried themselves inside her. Her whole body pulsed and ebbed. Her mind felt like it was turning to liquid inside her skull as dams of an ocean of pleasure broke inside her. Both of them too completely unashamed to do to do such things to her, to give themselves to her skull completely. Her heart felt like it was singing in her chest a song of purest joy. 
She could feel Tashara's long, thin tongue worming up ever deeper inside her until it began coiling, tasting the neck of her womb. At the same time, she could feel Aiden's much wider and shorter tongue working on the walls inside her rear end, making both buzz with pure pleasure that her mind just couldn't handle. The sensation of having two tongues questing around inside her body at the same time was indescribable, and with a pop like an overinflated balloon, her orgasm literally exploded inside her belly, sending a wash of hot nectar straight down in her mating canal and straight into Tashara's waiting mouth, who unreservedly drank deep and sucked every drop from her. As one, the pair pulled their tongues from her, and together they caught their queen before she fell down on her bandy rubberized legs and placed us gently down onto the bed. You, you, you two are the best, and also evil. So very evil, Marcia panted, her head feeling like mush was slopping around inside it. Aiden grinned at her. When spirits work together, we're unbeatable, my love, he said, rubbing his hand gently over her head. We hunt and we catch our prey without mercy. And then we collect our trophies, Tashara said with a soft purr running her hand over the other side of Marcia's head. Suddenly Marcia's tail sprung back to life. With that, it wrapped Ashara's hands up, lifting her up completely. Quick, my male, get her armour off! She exclaimed, bounding back from her stupor and showing off her Xeno trait. They're incredibly quick refractory periods. Aiden was caught by surprise, but reacted quickly and began unfastening at Tashara's armour while she struggled against March's tailbind, which had her hands bound tightly together in it, preventing her from escaping. In only seconds... With March's help, they'd rendered her Ashara as naked as the day she was born. Now, let us show this beautiful huntress that humans and Xenos can work just as well together, my lover human, Marcha said triumphantly as Ashara was pulled forward onto her knees, by Marcha looping her tail around the baseboard of the bed and pulling her arms out. Marcha herself had flipped over onto the bed on her back, where she was now laid, Using her tail as a rope, she pulled forwards, forcing Marcia to shuffle forward on her knees till she found herself kneeling directly over her. My turn, my huntress. Now let me show you what a cool queen can do. I'm going to taste you the way you tasted me. And believe me when I say I'm going to blow your mind into just as many bits, Marcia exclaimed, and she pushed her face up between Tashara's spread thighs, and just like she had herself, turned her head and clamped on. Aiden had just enough time to see her inner mouth slide its way up inside the shower, causing the hunter to squeal in surprise and delight at the penetration before Marcha's mandibles clamped down, creating a seal. Marcha's hands came up and pried Tashara's ample buttocks apart, revealing her little anus to Aiden. Look, my love, I found a tasty treat for you too. Go on, have a taste. I'm positive it's as delicious as my treat is. Marcia's voice purred seductively in both their minds. Aidan licked his lips and without a second thought he leaned forward and ran his tongue right over Tashara's anus in a wet, slavering lick, causing Tashara to literally roar in pleasure. Tashara's anus was a little bit harder to worm his tongue into than Marcia's because of its shape being a bit more like a, that of a human's. But spirits are nothing if not determined. And while Tashara continued to struggle against the bonds of Marcia's tail... He ran lick after lick over her pulsing hole, making her lose her mind as it began to blow kisses to him. 
and it contracted just in time with her pulsing insides. Aidan was just able to time his licking to manage to get the tip to breach her outer ring. Once that barrier was overcome, it gave in completely, letting his tongue worm its way into a surprisingly sweet-tasting insides. Tashara herself was in heaven. Her mind felt like hot liquid slopping around inside her skull. She couldn't even process the intense pleasure that was being generated by the two tongues of her lovers inside her body. Marta's mouth kept nipping the neck of her womb with its small teeth. But it wasn't painful, it was just sending the most incredible pulses of pleasure through her belly with every little nip. Then with Aidan's tongue unashamedly exploring her forbidden hole and tasting her inner walls like they were the sweetest things he'd ever tasted, the sensations of that wide, flat, woman tongue of his running over her inner walls and folds was melting her brain completely. She lasted even less time than Marcia did. The pleasure was just too intense for one mind to handle. With a bang like a plasma caster self-destructing in her womb, she roared in purest ecstasy, sending her purest thanks to Pyre for these beings before collapsing in a panting, sweaty heap atop of her queen. So it appears that the power of human and Xeno cooperation is much too much for our poor, beautiful huntress, Marcia said playfully as she released her crotch from her grip and her hands from her tail. Aidan leaned down onto Shara's back, running his hands over her powerful, heavy flanks. It seems so, my beauty queen, he purred, but he'd forgotten just how quick was you to recover. As well, this stamina was legendary of that of Xeno's, and Aidan never even saw it coming when Tashara suddenly flipped over with truly amazing grease, grace and incredible reflexes and yanked him down in between them both. Now, my huntress... "'Strip off our mail, reveal his beauty to us,' Marta exclaimed evilly, "'grabbing him with both her arms and legs and holding him down on top of her. "'Tashara gave Aidan a wicked smile. "'With pleasure, my beauty queen,' she said. "'With deft, dexterous movements, she released all the clips holding Aidan's armour on. "'But what she didn't notice is that she caught three clips there too many, "'because while she was undoing his chest plate,' She'd forgotten the way that Aidan's armour was set up. It exposed his anchor points for his cybernetic arms for the quick release, which was there just in case of an emergency. And they were easy to mistake for his chest plate release if he were rushing and his arm suddenly just came off in Marge's hand, leaving her sat there looking at it in rather confusion. Aidan turned his head and saw Marge holding his black cybernetic arm with a look of pure confusion written on her face. It's swiftly turning into panic as suddenly Tashara realised what she'd done. The thing was, the arm itself didn't come off easily. Even with the safety clasp removed, only a fellow spirit had the authorization to resist those clasps. But Marcia was putting a fair amount of pressure on his arms and legs, holding them taut so that he couldn't move while Tashara had worked on removing his armour and his undersuit. So when the clasps themselves were released, the pressure itself was enough to pull the arm right out of its socket shoulder joint with a solid popping noise when it released. Oh, my great goddess! Oh, Eden, I'm so sorry! Tashara exclaimed in a panic, snatching the arm from Marcia, who looked utterly confused now. I... I tore his arm off! She exclaimed, fear lancing her heart, as she'd seen properly now what she'd actually been holding, and there was now sat in Tashara's hands, and there was not her own, which was slightly obscured by Aiden's body. She instantly released Aidan from her grip and sat him upright. 
Please, my male, please forgive me. I didn't mean to, I swear I didn't. Oh, please don't let you be hurt. Marcia wailed, grabbing his head in her hands and trying to connect their minds as Tashar flailed around holding the arm, which was now limp that it was disconnected from him, from its master. Whoa, 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 take it easy, my loves. It's okay, it's fine, honestly. Tashara just removed the brace clips by accident, that's all, he said, reaching out to take the arm from Tashara. You, you're not hurt, you swear it, Tashara exclaimed as she looked at the limp arm now sat in his lap, and he smiled, shaking his head. It's fine, honestly. Here, see for yourself, he said, holding her the arm. She took it questioningly and looked at it. Here, take hold of it like this. Take a better look. If you hold it like this, you can see the clamps you undid, he said, giving her a warm, bright smile. But Marcia was more on the ball, her senses firing on all cylinders at the fear of her male being hurt by her actions. Plus, at the time, she was connected to his, to his mind. Watch out, my huntress, he has an evil plan, she exclaimed, but she was too late. As Tashara turned the arm over to look into the shoulder joint where she... As she sat, the hand swung downwards. It suddenly swung up and swung between her large thighs and began stroking, making her squeal in surprise and let go, which only allowed the arm to slither itself in between her legs and get slip a finger even deeper inside her. What, what, what's happening? What the hell is this? She exclaimed, looking down as the cybernetic's arm's fingers began to swirl her clitoris under its metallic thumb, while two of the fingers slid up inside her. Oh! Did I forget to mention that I can actually still control the arm while it's disconnected from me? Aiden said with a devilish grin. She looked up at him and relief washed over her. Sneaky woman, she said, taking the squirming arm out from between her legs and placing it back on his shoulder joint. It clicked back into place with a solid pop and the catches re-engaged automatically. He leaned forward and planted a kiss on her mandibles and then on Marches as well. Sorry, couldn't resist. You two were just so adorable when you freaked out like that. You really showed me just how much you both care about me, he said, stroking their faces softly together. Of course we bloody care. What sort of mates would we be if our male's distress and pain meant nothing to us? Tashara exclaimed sulkily, and Aidan leaned in and kissed her on the mandibles again. It's okay, my love. No pain, no distress. See? All good. I'm fine. It is designed to come off, you know. I know you don't get to see me take it off much because I don't exactly tend to advertise it and when I remove to clean it. In fact, you guys don't really get to see half the stuff this thing's capable of, he said using the arm to tickle along her mandibles as she reached in and pressed him down onto the bed again next to Marcia, who closed in on him as well. Tashara looked confused, as did Marcia. Like what? Tashara asked. Aiden grinned again and lifted the hand up so the wrist rotated 180 degrees and waved at her before all the fingers split off into smaller versions of themselves, and the hand itself completely disconnected, suddenly like a mechanical spider with ten legs. It dumped down onto Tashara and began scurrying all around her naked body, tickling her, and making her dissolve into fits of giggles as she tried in vain to catch the damn hand, before suddenly it vanished underneath her and re-emerged between her thighs. It's like a mechanical embryo implanter. Marcia said thoughtfully as Aidan's hand latched onto Tashara's crotch and began tickling back at her womanhood, making her squeal and squirm around, trying to roll around and trying to dislodge the now much longer mechanical fingers before they suddenly explode, 
explored every little nook and cranny of her womanhood, sending flurries of pleasure right up her spine and making her writhe in ecstasy. Aidan turned to Marcher and smiled softly. You know, I never even thought of using my implants to do stuff like this. But now I know I can, it makes me very happy. Because I can use something which was once a source of great pain and embarrassment to me to give the ones I love more joy. Now, since Tashara is obviously distracted, having fun with my hand, over there, what do you say me and you get a little closer, my beauty queen? He said in a soft purr. His voice at the end moved himself as he moved himself forward, turning her over so she was laid on her back, looking right up at him, leaning over her. She smiled up at him. Are you sure you want to do it like this? I mean, I'm happy to do the work, since the things you did to me were so wonderful, she said softly. He nibbled her nipples softly, making her arch her back in pleasure again. I might not be the strongest here, or the bravest, or even the most powerful, but I still want to be a man where it counts, and taking care of the ones you love is really where it counts the most. So please, Marcher, let me make love to you like this, and show you exactly how much I care. Both of you mean everything to me, and everything in the world there is to me. There is nothing I would not do to make you happy. You don't always have to be my rough, tough, powerful queen, he said, slowly parting her legs to reveal her dripping wet womanhood. What uh, about uh, me? Tashara squealed as she rolled around next to them, having given up trying to remove the mechanical joy hand which had clamped itself down even tighter on her womanhood and was currently stimulating every single soft spot it could find simultaneously. And considering it had ten fingers, all working in unison, it was rather a lot. Aidan laughed softly and reached over to stroke her predlocks. Don't you worry, my sweet huntress. I have plenty of stamina for you too. I'd never forget about you. But I didn't want you to feel left out while me and Marcia made love. So I figured you could have some fun with at least one part of me. Then when it's your turn to have some woman love, Marcia can play with my hand. He said in a soft, teasing voice, as his fingers suddenly twitched to a clitoris, making Tashara arch her back and squeal in pure pleasure. Oh, by the goddess, I love you, my woman, she squealed as his fingers went back to work. Marcia tilted her head and then a smile broke out on her face as she dipped into his thoughts. So you really are controlling it manually. I thought it was on automatic, she exclaimed in Tashara's eyes snapped wide open. You mean he's doing this himself? She exclaimed and Eden grinned. Implants in my brain let me control it directly, even when it's disconnected. I just don't give it orders and off it goes. I can make it do what I want. There's also a few cameras in those fingers there too, so you wouldn't believe the views I'm getting beamed right into my brain right now, not to mention all those divine textures and sensations that are coming with it. He growled softly, making Tashara squeal even louder as it hit her heart. That a male could truly feel and see her. Then Aidan turned to Marcia and smiled. Now, my queen, where were we? He said softly, moving himself down in between her legs. She reached down and began to caress his manhood, letting it throb happily in her large hand. One of these days I'm going to taste this part of you. Just like you've tasted me more than once, she growled in his head. Me too! I want to taste too! Tashara squealed, rolling around in ecstasy. And you will, my loves. Like I'd ever deny you something you wanted, either of you. 
he said softly. Marcher slowly guided the tip of his manhood up into her entrance and stroked his tip along the outer edges of her lips, letting it dig in a little deeper until it caught on the hot green flesh of her entrance. Then, with a slow, deliberate intent, Aidan sank himself deliberately right in inside her, moving slowly, letting he relish each and every inch of his flesh, until he hilted himself inside that glorious feminine sheath. Marcia let out a hiss of pure pleasure as she felt the hot, throbbing length of her male's manhood buried within her, and it no longer felt like a foreign object or an invader, but a welcome and honoured guest. She lifted her long legs so she wasn't propping herself up any more, but laid flat, holding her male atop her body, and with a swift move to knock out his supporting arms from under him, she forced him to rest his entire weight upon her, which is exactly what she wanted. Lifting her hips and using her tail, she propped up her lower half and wrapped her long legs around his hips, making him keep as much of himself inside her as possible, making for very deep but very shallow thrusts. It slowed everything down to a slow crawl, making their love slow, sweet and very, very gentle. Though Tashara was still rolling around on the bed with Aiden's cybernetic hand clean between her thighs, making an absolute mess of her mind as it tends teased her closer and closer to a monumental orgasm. Though it was taking her to the brink, it was just holding her there, locking her in a state of perpetual ecstasy while making her writhe and beg for the release that she knew was only millimetres away. Which he finally gladly gave to her, and at the exact same moment they both he and Marta achieved theirs too because once she sensed she was getting close, Marta released her grip on him and let him thrust as deep and fast as he wanted, tipping all of them over the edge at exactly the right moment. He suddenly thrust every single inch of himself as deep as he could and released jet after jet of his boiling hot semen seed into her womb, making her screech in pure joy and ecstasy. The three of them lay there panting as Aidan's hand attached itself from Tashara, and began crawling its way over towards Marcher, moving over her body like a black mechanical spider of joy. At the same time, Deshara gripped Aidan and hoisted him off Marcher. It's my turn, my sweet woman, and it will be I who pleases you. No arguments, no discussions. I will show my gratitude and my love to my male, she growled, laying him down on the bed next to Marcher while his mechanical hand seized its chance and pounced itself in between Marcher's legs and attached itself where its owner had only been only moments before. Tashara mounted Aiden, and while her large hands had absolutely zero effort getting him aroused again, this pleased her no end, as to her it was proof of the joy he got from the simplest touch and just seeing her naked body. Lay still, my woman, let me please you. Let me enjoy the happiness I get from being the one to give you this bliss. She purred, sinking him deep into her hot silken depths with one slick movement, and he felt the truly incredible power of her internal muscles sucking him in as deep as he would go. She flared her mandibles in a show of pure pleasure. Aidan used his other hand to glide up right over her rough skin, right to her slowly bouncing breasts and playing with them gently both times. The rhythm of her hips and the sway of her body was utterly mesmerising. To have such a supremely powerful and beautiful alien woman so completely enraptured and in love with him was a sublime thing in every way. 
He had no idea what either of these living goddesses saw in him, his broken, battered body and soul. But he simply didn't have the words to describe how thankful and joyful they made him feel. Their love was the fuel his heart had been lacking all this time. And now that he had it, he swore that no matter what, he would never let them down. They were his now, and he would take the greatest and most perfect care of both of them. He would give them everything that was his to give, freely and completely. From the shadows, a figure smiled as she watched her daughter in the throes of gentle pleasure. It gave her heart such joy to see her daughter's claim to man giving her such blissful joy and happiness. The love these three had for one another radiated like a glow of the sun from the bed as she watched while her daughter rode her mail slowly and gently, positively revelling in each and every slow thrust. Her adopted daughter rolled around hissing and shrieking as his mechanical hand pleasured her mind. This mail was definitely the glue that bound their hearts and souls together as one. He was the only one strong enough in mind and spirit to tame both of their wild natures and to show them they're both true the worth, to show them who they truly were, and that for all their sorrow and the self-doubt, they were both truly worthy of love. As she watched, the little woman flourish, Aiden overrode Tishara's senses and brought her to the most wonderful of climaxes, before relishing her and pulling her both and marcher into a comforting and loving hug, to show them both that he loved and adored them both equally, and him they loved as well, and each other though as well. To their truest delight she watched the three of them continue to lay in a three-way hug, with each girl taking in turns to make slow, gentle, sweet love with him over and over again throughout the night, not to mention with each other as well, each relishing the other. She watched as the girls loved one another, letting Aidan watch them as they explored each other's body slowly, before tenderly pulling the male in between them, making him part of their union. Smiling to herself, she turned and slid herself into the shadows silently. I do hope Marcher has paid that visit to Jack's world. I really must go and see Ryan's grandson now. That poor old man isn't going to know what hit him. Hmm... Maybe it's time I too do make a make, take a mail of my very own. Let's see if he's worthy of me. If he is, maybe I'll let him keep me for an eternity. Might be nice to walk among the mortals for a while, and when he expires, I can simply go back to my realm, and where he can sit right there at my side, as my claimed one. Paya said softly to herself with a smile, before casting one last happy glance at the three who inspired her determination to find her own love. After all, she was a goddess, so why the hell should that mean she should be denied happiness too? So that was chapter 21, part 2, ladies and gentlemen. Now, with this chapter, it is split three ways. You've got part 1, 2 and 3. The reason that I did that is because this chapter is so large that trying to do that all in one chunk would have been a hell of a read, let alone now me reading it out loud. Got a sore enough throat as it is doing six to seven thousand words. So doing twenty odd thousand for closer to thirty thousand between the three of them, I think, would pretty much destroy my voice completely. So yeah, it's split up in the book and it's split up here too. Just save us both a little bit of a pain because they're nearly an hour long, these chapters as they are. Imagine how long it would be if I had to read them all back to back. So, let's see what happens next time, shall we?
So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.